0: well good morning thrive church it's nice to be with you in person this week and uh i am sorry about everything that happened last week i was in quarantine uh and we had a staff member who had who had covid uh and that staff member is doing fine today thank you lord and watch over us and uh and i think dan winkelman he's a good friend of mine i think he did a great job dan if you're watching online can we just give it up for for dan (laughs) And what a wonderful job he did last week! And I want to welcome all of you. If you do not know me, my name is Sheldon Miles, and I want to welcome all those who are watching with us online. We're glad that you're connecting with us, and I just want you to know if you are in the area, I'm glad that you're watching our services online. But I'm telling you, it's a lot better in person, and we would just welcome you to come and join us in our service. And 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 I just I, one of the things I love about Thrive Church. I've only been here just over a year. And one of the things that I'm recognizing is your generosity. Can I just speak to your generosity? Maybe you don't realize the generosity that is in this church. But I want you to know, uh, our, our youth and our children's ministries, they put together a, a spring roll sale. How many of you got to partake of those spring rolls? They were delicious. And uh, But I, I want you to know, that, that whole fundraiser was to help get kids to camp. And you responded overwhelmingly. We raised over $2,000. And there's a lot of kids who are going to camp this year because of your generosity. And so we have been telling you that we are going to make, we're going to start to pursue missions, uh, and we're going to make serious efforts in our missions giving. And it was just reported to me last night that in that time frame, we have added three three missionaries to our list of people that we are sponsoring on a monthly basis at $100 apiece. That is awesome. We've just, just we're raising three more missionaries and then also we have taken if you don't know, the missionaries are on that board over there right under love. those are the missionaries that we support. we have raised all of the amounts that we give Because of your generosity, give yourselves a hand this morning. Thank you. Thank you. And I also wanted to communicate, today is uh, Pastor Joe and Marlene's uh, last Sunday with us uh, as far as their ministry here at the church. And we are having a celebration at the end of the service. So I just want you to know right now, if you have lunch plans, cancel them because we are going to provide for you a free meal and uh, it's going to be delicious. So we would just ask that you would You would join with us in that celebration with pastor joe uh, and marlene and just i just saw some of you have reached out to me via text and said hey i have been messaging you on facebook and you're not responding and you're probably the rudest pastor that i know for not responding to me so you need to be aware of my current situation. I'm not looking for any sympathy or anything, but I want you to know I did not unfriend any of you, but there is an apparent confusion with Facebook and that they have shut down my account because they think that I am too young to be on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I wish that I could look through in which, which part was, I, was really immature of me But I have been shut out of Facebook for almost a month now, and I'm trying to work with them to show that I am uh, Facebook worthy and old enough. And I know that that's goofy, but I, you know, it's great to keep in connection with you. So I just wanted to, for some of you who are offended out there and offended online, I did not unfriend you. Facebook did. All right. And now that we got that taken care of, just everybody just kind of wipe your hands and Pastor, let's, let's get to the ministry here. All right. So we are in a new sermon series called We Are. We Are. And what we're trying to do in this sermon series is we're just trying to just say, you, you know what, we've thought about it, we've prayed about it, we looked in God's word, and we want to be spirit-led in this. But we've just said this is who we define. This is who we are. I believe that if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. How many of you found that to be true? It is easy in life to just spin your wheels and you're not going anywhere and you're really not accomplishing anything. And I believe that God has a mission and a vision for the church. And if we would just sit down and pursue and talk to God, that he will reveal that to us. And so we we have just decided that we are never called to do church. Let me just say that one more time. We are not called to just put on a show for you on Sunday mornings. This is not Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We're not going to put on a show. We don't want to do church, but instead we want to be the church. And so we all, I want to try to bring us all together and say, well, what does that look like? What is our mission here in the 715? I'm glad you asked me that question. Thank you for asking I believe this. I would put it in a mission statement. How many of you have mission statements in your workplace? And you know exactly what that is. You, you, some of you, you went halfway because you know you have a mission statement, but you don't know what it is, all right? But here's the mission, and you're going to hear this a lot. We are called to lead people. To lead people means we're called to influence, to have influence in our world, to lead people to become because it's a process. I don't know about you, but I am still becoming that word is called sanctification, and I am called to lead people to become life-giving. You know, that's really when you take the word thrive, I love the name thrive. That's what it means. The word th- You know that you're thriving because you are giving life to others. And so we are going to be a thrive church. We're going to be a life-giving church, and we're going to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And some of you are like, oh, that is so, such such a great mission statement. Where did he get it? I'm not going to lie. I, I got it from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't know. I, and I just really have, I just took the great commission that Jesus gave to us, and I just said, you know what? What, what if we were just serious about this? And what if we just reworded it and kept the same meaning? And what if we lived out? Our mission would be to fulfill the Great Commission in the 715. What if? What would that look like? And for many of you, the Great Commission is your life story. Someone in, in many of your lives, and maybe not all of you, some of you online, someone came into your life. You were introduced to someone. And they began to build a relationship with you. And it was just just so sincere, and there was something different about them. And then they began to talk to you about this Jesus guy. And it was just kind of odd to you. And It it didn't make any sense, but something. They had something inside of them. And you would begin to engage in more conversations, and then you begin to watch this person, and, and you begin to see this person really means what they say and then one day they told you about the gospel of Jesus and you discover I need that in my life and one day you gave your heart to Jesus and you became so excited and you you, you got into the Bible and you couldn't put it down you remember those days Remember that? And just like I just I'm hungry for more and, and and so you would ask that person a lot of questions and 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 they would give you a bible and they say, you got to come to our church. And you came to the church and you, and you began to meet other people who are just like this and new in their faith and you begin to grow with them and you begin to what the word is called mature in your faith. And really, I see that and you became what I call a life-giving follower. You know what a life-giving follower is? A life-giving follower is somebody who walks along someone else and helps to lead them closer to Jesus. They don't push them. They don't force them. They walk alongside of them to lead them closer into the potential that God has called on me. And this, and the Bible calls it, well, I don't, I'm not sure the Bible even says it, but it uses the word, but this is called discipleship. Our mission, the mission of Thrive Church, is a discipleship. It's discipleship. We are called to be life-giving followers of Jesus. In other, in other words, well, what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, I believe that a life-giving follower, and we've, we've talked about this before, is an M&M and M&M all of you your favorite candy out there is M&M. but what that stands for is you're called to be a minister because that one person remember that one person maybe they minister to a need in your life. And that's why we do this thing called Ruby's Pantry once a month, because we want to minister to the needs of the people here in the 715. And we're just going to minister. We're going to love on people. We're going to meet them where they are in the midst of their need. And then we're going to do this thing called a missionary. We're going to be a minister, and we're going to be a missionary, because a missionary begins to get in people's lives and befriends them with for their benefit, for their gain, and but they begin to tell them about the love and the power and the life change of Jesus Christ. So our mission, if we can put that graph up here. Let's go ahead and put that yeah, graph is in your notes. Our mission is to lead people wherever they are in their faith journey. Because on, on the scale, you fit in one of these areas. Okay, on this scale. This is what I call the faith journey scale. And, and, and at the one, and I've talked about this before, I've been, I want to be a little repetitive here. Some people are at that place like none. That means I want none of this. All right, and that's okay. Some of you remember you were in that place, but then, then one day you became a little interested, or maybe you had a, a challenge in your life, and you really, you know, I wonder if there is a God. And you begin to seek If there was a God. And you begin to seek, looking for answers. And then one day you made a decision and you became what I call a newbie. And you're just like, I am so new at this and I'm just, I'm so excited. Something, I don't know what it is, something happened inside of me the moment I gave my heart to Jesus. And then you begin to mature in your faith. But here's a challenge. Some people just stay in the land of maturing. But they never do anything with their faith. Where I believe God has called us to move into that place where we are leading people to become that last one, life-giving followers of Jesus. In other words, how many of you remember that one person who led you down that journey? I mean, if you remember that one person, can you just tell the person next to you their first name? Just tell them, first name, first name. You are called to become like that person. You are called to take on what they did for you. You are called to become a life-giving follower of Christ. So, so what is our vision? So we got our mission there. So what is our vision? What do we believe God has in store? What does that look like? Well, Bill Heibel says this, vision comes from a holy discontent with the way things are. And, and, and you, we all, all of us, wherever you are, it, and your views, your political views, our life views, all of us, come on, let's all admit it, that the news thrives on bad news and divisive news, okay? Can we just all admit to that wherever we are? And it's just, oh, we turn on the news and you're just like, oh, ah, oh, Right? It just feels like, what is happening to our country? People on both sides of the aisle are asking that question, what is happening here? And one of the things that is breaking my heart is I feel like people have lost their touch with God. Lost, they've they've left God out of it. They became, church, our God, has become irrelevant and I call this group of people, because here's, here's how I would define them, I call them the disengaged. Disengaged people are people, I have lots of conversations, people say, I grew up in the church, but I grew up in it, and I just, uh, something happened. Church became Irrelevant. Uh, I, I just became disappointed with what I say. I saw too many hypocrites. I mean, and all of some of these things are just really valid. And people, when they when they got disengaged from church, more importantly, they disengaged from God. In other words, they have a knowledge and an understanding of God, but they've never had that heart connection. And so, our vision, what we envision, thrive church becoming. As we live out our mission, we envision a church, a life-giving church that the disengaged, when they start looking for God, this is the church that they're looking for. Because they come in here, or they heard about this, or they see you in the neighborhood, they see you in the workplace, and they're saying, whatever they got, I need. Whatever they got, I need. And here's what I tell people. If we... Sometimes we can a church can get so caught up in the vision, they they just like how do we get there? I believe if we focus on living the mission, the vision will happen. Okay, if we focus on the vision, the mission will happen. So, in the next few weeks, I want to talk about what I believe our values are. So we talked about mission, talked about vision. So what are our values? How are we going to do this? That's really what values do. They, they define how. How is what, is, what does that look like? Values kind of set the boundaries, if you will, because you kind of need some structure. And when you have the values, the values then, values help create the culture. Okay, so, so how many of you, I always use the illustration of Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, how many of you have been to Chick-fil-A? How many of you, you, you love, love, love to go there and it's not so much the chicken sandwich, okay? I know a lot of people is like, yeah, they, yeah, to me, it's just a chicken sandwich. It's, okay, the Chick-fil-A sauce is pretty cool, all right? And by the way, just a side note, they sell that in containers at Pick and Save. Just, just wanted you to know if you're, if you're in love with the, the Chick-fil-A sauce, it's in containers. Yes, thank you, Lord. And so, but culture, that's the thing that people love about Chick-fil-A is the culture. Thank you. It's, 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 it's an honor to serve you today. And people are just so friendly. People are so kind. I just know people will go. And how many of you know of other stores and locations you love, 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 love to go there because of the culture? And just imagine, you've been to a church before, and I hope that it's Thrive Church, where you're just like, that church, that church, how can I describe this culture? Like, the culture is so life-giving. I just, it's just, I come i come away from there, and I'm in the services, and I start to cry, and I, I'm, I got a smile on my face. And Oh, by the way, to me, that's the definition of success. Is when we have a church service, and people are walking out the doors, they got a tear in their eye and a smile on their face. but you know something life-giving happened. And I can, I can tell you the experiences I've had attending churches where that happened to me. It's like, I don't know what that was. But it was so life-giving. So our values are this. And oh, by the way, Jesus gave us values to live by. We're just reading this this week here, the Sermon on the Mount. And in that, he talks about these things called the Beatitudes. attitudes Live by these be atti- these attitudes. Have these attitudes in your life and you will be blessed. Have these attitudes, attitudes like humility, humility. And so Jesus, He sets the example of, of values. So I believe when, when what you believe and how you live match up, you're in a really good place. And we need to be a church where what we believe, our values, and our actions are in alignment. How many of you ever had a car and your tires were out of alignment? And what does it do? It just wears them down. And I've been in church world before where I've been a part of church, and the declared values and the actions were not in alignment, and it just wears people out so I want to be a church that's in, in aligned with our values. And what do I believe our values are? Number one we're going to talk about today is, number one, I want to be a spirit-led church. I'm going to talk about what that means. But, I, but if we're spirit-led, then I want to be mission-driven. I want to be, I believe God's called us for a mission, and let's not just talk about it. Let's live it out. But if you're going to be mission-driven, you have to be people-loving you got to love people because God loves people. If God loves people, and it's important to him. It's got to be important to me. And I want to do it. How I'm going to love people is I'm going to be servant-hearted. I want to serve people just like Jesus served me. And then last of all, I want to be growth-minded. I want to live to the, the fullest potential that God has called me to live for. So those are our values. That's what I want to talk about here. I know it took me a while to get here. Well, let's today let's talk about this value of what it means to be spirit-led. Here are some value statements. So, so what does it mean to be spirit-led? Well, here's, a, here's a couple, two statements that maybe will help you to kind of remember what this means. First of all, we, as a church, we declare that we passionately pursue, passionately pursue and humbly follow the Holy Spirit as our leader for living. We just declare that. In other words, we are saying from here on, Jesus is the CEO of Thrive Church. Jesus is the CEO of my life. How many of you work? You have a, a company and you have a CEO. You have a CEO. We everybody knows that the CEO, he is the he or she is the chief executive officer. It starts from them, their decisions de- de- declare everything that happens. They, you are where, your company is where they are because of the CEO, because of their decisions and their choices. And we believe that Jesus needs to be the CEO of Thrive Church. And, and what he does is he appoints a pastor as the president. And, 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 and God, I don't know why he did it, but he asked me to do this. He asked me to be the president. But I I want you to know, I I want to put the Holy Spirit on top and have him lead me as the CEO, not only of this church, but of my life. So we commit, we commit that we're going to pursue the Holy Spirit. As we move forward, we're going to, in, in, in our meetings, in our discussions, in ministry, we're going to say, Holy Spirit, you lead the way. You guide us. You give us wisdom. You give us strength. You give us direction. And we are going to humbly follow your direction in this mission. I'm going to ask that you show us. Our second statement is this. The Holy Spirit has empowered us for spiritual impact, and it's demonstrated through Christ-like character. That word empower means there is a power inside of you. So if you are here today, and if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he placed his Holy Spirit inside of you. Just, just get that. There is a power source that is not of your own that lives inside of you. You are empowered, and he has given you power to live out your mission, and He's in, to live out that mission in a Christ-like way. I don't know about you, but I've been in churches where before that church was driven in its mission, but it wasn't doing it in a very Christ-like way. And to me, it was instead of life-giving, it seemed like it was life-taking. Let's not be a life-taking church. So where do we get this idea of spirit-led? Well, we get it from the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He speaks a couple times in this in Romans 8, 14. He says, for all. For all of you who are here today, and you have the Spirit living inside of you, let all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. So when we put ourselves in position for the Holy Spirit to lead our lives, when we just say, okay, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me today. What we are doing is we are truly acting as God's children. God, you lead the way. How many of you have kids? And some of them have different personalities. And some of them, they go along with you. Yes, yes, mom. Yes, dad. And we are saying, thank you, God, for this child. And then we might have another child. No, I don't want to. And when you say go left, they go right. When you say go right, they go left. I'm not going to ask you if you have that child. But we all know that that happens. And we call that, that's, like, that's a challenging child. <laughs> How many of you, by the way, were that challenging child? Oh, by the way, some of you. Like, why is he talking about me this morning? <laughs> the challenging child. Paul warns us that there's a battle. There's a battle going on inside of each and every one of them, and it's a battle for control. Listen to this passage here, Galatians 5. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let him lead. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature, which is the opposite, craves. The sinful nature always wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. Okay, How many, how many of you right now, you just like, I know what battle you're talking about. Some of you, like yes, every day it just seems like I have this battle, and it is a battle of what I want to do. But yet I hear God's voice, and it's so many times it's the opposite of what I want to do. And it says, "And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires." These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Paul's advice for this battle, because it is your choice, so by the way, we wake up each and every morning and we decide who are we going to follow. Paul says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Make that decision. The Holy Spirit is going to lead my life today. And then one more time in Galatians 5.25, Paul says, since we are living by the Spirit, Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Not just just in one part, not just in some parts, but Paul says every part of your lives. In your thoughts, in your attitudes, in your actions, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances with your children, every part of your lives? What would it look like if we allowed the Spirit? What if we followed the Spirit in every part of our lives? Here's the bottom line. If you want to get anything out of this message today, get the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. If you want to be led, you will have to follow. If you want to be led by the Spirit of God, you're going to have to follow. Today, I want to to look, what does that look like? What does following look like? I want to look at Judges chapter 6 and 7. I want to talk about this man, Gideon. He's just a farmer. And I want you to know here, I want you to hear me this morning God uses ordinary people just like you just like me to do extraordinary things when you look through your bible and you see these great superheroes of the bible they were just ordinary people just like you and just like me just just let that sink in this morning following takes three things quickly three things if you're going to follow the the holy spirit the holy spirit is going to lead your life number one you need to have connection with god so get back to Gideon here. Gideon, the Israelites, he, he, was just, he was just a farmer among the Israelites, and they were under oppression, and they were going to be attacked by this group of people who had been tormenting them, the Midianites, all right? And you can look up this story and get a little bit more details here. But God shows up to this lowly farmer, and he's in hiding. And then we know that he's in hiding because he's threshing wheat in a wine press. Well, that's... you. <laughs> In a wine press, you press grapes. You don't thresh wheat. But he's in hiding because nobody will find him there because these Midianites, they come and they've been stealing their food. And so he's just, he's just trying to survive. He's just trying to get by. But Gideon, we see in this story, he has a connection with God. We don't, I don't know how it got developed, but he has a connection with God and he both listens and talks to God. Let me just kind of go through this story with you. Look closely to how God speaks with Gideon. So in Judges 6, 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gideon, and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. I love that. I love how our Heavenly Father is so life-giving. And that's what he does. When you come into connection and you live in connection with the Holy Spirit, he's going to be life-giving towards you. And he begins to speak into his life, Gideon's life, something that Gideon does not see himself. And he begins to call out, "Gideon, you mighty man of valor, you—you you are strong and courageous in battle." And Gideon's like, "Are, are you? Is there another Gideon that you? I, I, is there no, maybe you're talking about Gideon down the street? All right, I'm Gideon. That's not who I am." But God begins to speak. He begins to speak life, but he also speaks vision. And mission, and because when you are living in connection with the Holy Spirit, he's going he's to communicate vision and mission. Listen, he says in verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So what is the vision? The vision is rescue Israel. I'm just a farmer. I'm hiding. And God said, Listen, I want you to go. And the mission is... I'm sending you. I'm sending you. So all of you here right now, you're just like, not me because I'm not this, I'm not smart enough, da 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 God could be sending you and in fact he is. And, and listen here, when we, when oftentimes when God calls us, we have this thing called self-doubt. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not spiritual Enough, God. I am not enough. And look, look, how God responds. Verse fifteen. But the Lord, He says, "But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family." Did you do you hear that? Do you hear? You hear? Gideon. I'm I'm just a nobody, and God says, "No, Gideon, you are a somebody, and I have a, a mission." I have a vision for your lives. And, again, and then God responds here in verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And I want you to hear this morning that when God gives a vision, when God gives you a vision, he always provides the provision. I believe that when God gives a vision to Thrive Church, he is going to give the provision. We may not have all the answers, but he's going to provide But so what does connection with God look like? I don't know how this relationship started. All I know is Gideon is both getting downloads from God and he's responding back to God like he has this connection. Can I ask you, do you have a connection with God today? Do you have that daily connection with God? Because if you are going to be spirit-led, you're going to have to take time in your day to get downloads and you're going to have to take time to pour out your heart to God and pursue him bottom line is if you want to be led you're going to have to follow if you want to be led you're going to have to follow number 2 following God means following the Holy Spirit means being self surrendered that means i am i have my ideas i have my plans my visions of how this is going to work i have my will but I surrender that, and instead I take on God's will for my life. That's hard, isn't it, right? That, that, that's a difficult thing to do. You see, when you live the Spirit-led life, God is going to ask you to do things that make no sense whatsoever. Look at Gideon here. So God is calling Gideon to this mission, and he told Gideon, I want you to attack the Midianites. And so Gideon, if you read this story, he has like these debates with God and prove it, prove it, prove it. And like God like finally trumps him in like, okay, I'm going to do this. So Midian, Gideon calls out for people to respond to come join his army and 32,000 men show up. That's a good day. That's not a bad army. But then God says, hey, Gideon, we got kind of a problem here. I I know that that would be your way to do it, but I want to do this differently. And if you show up with that many men, all the people are going to say, look what that army did. And I don't want that. I want people to say, look what God did. So what I want you to do is bring all your troops together, and I want you to tell them, hey, listen, if any of you guys are, like, really hesitant about this battle tomorrow, you know what? I'm going to give you a pass. You just go home, no problem. Um, twenty-two thousand men leave. Hey God, uh, we're down to ten thousand. Um, boy, thirty-two. <laughs> I mean, thirty-two thousand. That would have been really good. Ten thousand. So, okay, Lord, how's that gonna work? And God says, you know, no, no, not Gideon, we're not done yet. I'm still, I'm still not satisfied this is what I want you to do. We're going to do a little test. I want you to line all your men up to the river, and I just want you to watch, and I want you to kind of keep score. Because those who come down, and, and those who lap the water with their hands, and they drink the water like this at the river, I want you to put them to this side. And then those guys who are just kind of like, they get down, and they start licking the water like, like kind of a, you know, just the, I want you to put them to this side. And so what happens is the the ones who get down and and, and lick the water, many of them, only 300 scoop and drink out of the water. And God said, send the rest home. Keep the 300. Remember the vision? Remember the mission? We're going to go in and and we're going to destroy the Midianites with 300 men? That doesn't make sense, God. The math doesn't add up. How many, how many of you know that God works with fuzzy math a lot of times? That's just fuzzy math. It, just, it doesn't add up. Then the Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Doesn't make sense. So in my transition to become lead pastor here, I worked at a company called Homestead Senior Care. And you can look this name up. Steve Nguyen, okay, I'll spell it later for you, one of these days. Steve Nguyen was, at one time, the CEO. He started this company, and it's a home care company. Um, and he started it, you know, and, and just, I just felt like God gave him this great vision. And and around the 2008, 2009, it, the economy was shot, and he was in a pickle. And it was not going well. And he was at that place where, like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm going to... I've got to do something drastic. And God began to speak into Steve's life. And he began to speak to him about his priorities, about who's leading who. And that day, Steve made a decision, and he looked at the org chart of his company, and he he crossed out his name as the CEO of his company. And then he wrote in God as the CEO of my company. Well, that's a really nice thing to do. That's, you know that, that, that sounds so spiritual. But Steve really did it. He would not make any decisions without consulting God first. He really, and, and everybody, over 900 employees when I was working there, everybody knew that God was the CEO of that company, and nobody had any problems with it. He lived it out. That makes no sense whatsoever but it changed and turned that company around. And look what God did with Gideon. Then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. So Jesus himself, he speaks to us this importance about self-surrender. He says, for him, apart from me, you can do nothing. You cannot do this, and we, we as a church, as Thrive Church, we need to, to own the fact that we can never, we cannot do anything of spiritual significance without God leading the way. So if you want to be led, you will have to follow. Number three, I'm almost done here, is follow through. Follow through. So we're going to get connected with God. We're going to surrender ourselves, and then we're going to follow through. The Lord told Gideon, in verse 9, Gideon, get up. Go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. And what, what, what God was telling him, the Spirit was telling Gideon, say, listen, you, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to tell you, you do what I called you to do and trust me to do what only I can do. I like how some, one person said, you do the natural and you trust God to do the super. I like that. What if, what if we were a church that said, we're going to do the natural, we're going to do our part, we're going to live out these values we're going, to, we're going to pursue this mission and trust God to pr- bring about the vision. And so what did Gideon do? He followed through. Verse 17, then Gideon said to his men, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, just do as I do. And you know what happened when they came to the edge of that camp? And all of a sudden, the Midianites came out of their tents, and there was arguments that broke out, and there was fear that broke out, and they began to destroy themselves, and the Israelites, the 300 men, just sat there and watched the enemy decimate themselves. And they probably like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I don't have any blood on my sword. I'm not in battle. I'm just kind of watching this, and this is just amazing. And I just believe if we would be a church, or if we would even our individual lives, if we would just allow ourselves to be spirit-led, God would do just incredible things, and it, because I believe if you want to be led, you have to follow. If I can just have a few more minutes, I'm going to ask Pastor Joe if he would come up here to, you, to do a sermon illustration. So what does this look like? What does this look like to have connection with God? What does it look like to surrender to God? And, and what does it look like to follow through with God? So we're going to pretend like Pastor Joe here is the Holy Spirit all right, and and we, you couldn't find a better man, right, am I right in that, you couldn't find a better man, and I, 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 see, and I have an issue, and, and I, and and I'm new here, okay, let's just pretend that I'm new here, well, Pastor Joe, you seem like a godly man, a person who can give me a lot of wisdom and direction, here's my problem, I need to use the restroom. Can, can I just be a, can I be junior high-ish here real quick? This just just came to me this morning, so I'm going to use it. I need to use a restroom. Wait, wait a second, but I need to use a private restroom. Okay, so, so if you could get that if you could text me that information, uh, I need to follow follow that. I, I haven't heard you where Where's that restroom at? so I'm I'm sorry. I, yeah. So so if 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 you're gonna be spirit led, you're gonna have to listen because he's pointing, he, he's giving direction. If you want to be led, you're gonna have to follow. You're gonna have to follow. So so again, I I, I I'm sorry. I, I I I had a text message. Uh, can can you can you show me where that where that so. But here's the deal. I think when I came in, I saw a sign for the restroom over there. I, I know, I know, I know. But I think I saw it. I think I, I think I, I think I'm. I, I'm not, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I think I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try over there because because if you're gonna if you're gonna be spirit led, you're gonna have to surrender yourself and your desires. Because the Holy Spirit is pointing, he's, he's giving direction, and if you're going to just sit there and argue with him and debate with him, you're going to start spinning your wheels. You're gonna you're gonna start spinning. So tell me, tell me again. I, I, again, I really, if something doesn't happen here, something's going to happen here. Okay, <laughs> so so tell me, I where is where is the where's the, the, the private restroom? But I I understand, but. If, I don't want anything to happen as I go there. So I, I'm going to thank you, thank you for that information, but I think I'm going to follow that sign that said that the the restrooms over there. Because if you're going to be spirit led, you're going to have to follow through. I, I I don't I can't. Those are classrooms over there. There's no I, there's no restroom over there. I I, I know I saw a sign over there where's the restroom are you sure where is the restroom and so if you're going to be spirit led you're going to have to be willing to follow so will you show me where that restroom is didn't pastor joe do a great job there How many of you have discovered in life, you know you're called to follow, to be led by the Spirit, but your unwillingness to follow, and what did it do? Can I just say this? I'm sorry, I had to finish this out. You just got a mess all over yourself. (laughs) That's what it turns into. And and I wanna be, I wanna be Spirit-led. But I know I'm gonna have to live in connection with Him. I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit. I put myself in a position to hear, and I share with him. And I realize that it's going to take some self-surrender, and I'm going to have to surrender my will, my determination, my thoughts. I'm going to have to, to, have to surrender. And then he's going to call for me a time to follow through. I just, I know, it doesn't make sense. Lord, I'm going to Maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision for Jesus Christ to be the leader in your life. You're watching online you've never made that decision. And you want to be spirit-led. You want to live the spirit-led life. You want the spirit to live inside of you. I want to just ask you to pray this prayer with me. Lord, I need you. I come before you and I pursue you. And I humbly submit to your leadership in my life. I'm asking that you would come and live inside of me and forgive me. God, I I know I'm going to stumble. I know I'm going to fall. But I'm choosing today to follow you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we just give God a praise offering for that? If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to give you a gift, a New Testament book for people who or maybe new and they don't know where to go. I, I, I encourage you to, to pick this up and say, all right, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Speak to me. Can I ask Pastor Joe and Marlene to come up here as we close out this service? Pastor Joe and Marlene, this is their, their last service with they're them. They're, they're gonna attend here and there. But uh, they just kind of come to that point where like we need we need to just kind of slow down a little bit. Let, let the Holy Spirit lead us maybe in some different directions. If you've been here close to five years, Pastor, these two have invested in many lives. And I want you to know, I've only known you just for over a year now, and I want to tell you as for me, well, Can we please give them a well-done applause? We we love and appreciate you. And I know your hearts, you're not done. (laughs) You're not done. You just feel like the God is just calling you, and you don't know what that is, but it's going to be different. And it's going to be life-giving, because that's all you know to do. Pastor Joe and Marlene, you have modeled for us what it means to be spirit-led. I know you have connection with God. I just listened to you pray. I know you have connection with God. I know your heart has been self-surrendered. you put yourself in positions before where you're like, God, not my will, but your will be done. And I've seen you both follow through. And we thank you for that. I'm going to ask the church right now, if you would just extend your hands. And we want to pray over them In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for, for the ministry of of this couple, Lord. And Lord, as they as they leave today, we pray that they would just feel that they would feel your hand and feel your applause that says, Well done. And also, we're not done yet. <laughs> and so, God, I pray that you would lead them and direct them as they move forward and what you have for their lives. I pray blessings and favor and health and victory area of their life, their health, their family, their finances, their provisions, and all these things we pray, and everyone said, amen. Thank you. We we are going to have a fellowship for you at the end of the service, and I ask that you would please come up and talk to them on an individual basis and tell them of the impact that they, they had. Hey, this is Sheldon Miles here, pastor at Thrive Church, and I want to thank you for watching this video. And if it impacted you in any way, I want to encourage you to do